Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. much on the steps like this. I said, oh Lord, this is incredible. Your presence is so incredibly strong here. I haven't felt that for a long, long time. So he said to me, take off your shoes. For the ground on which you stand is holy ground. If we look at the account of Moses and Exodus, you don't have to turn there, but if you can, if you want. Think in Exodus 3, three five, God said to Moses, Do not come near. And this was the incident when he saw the burning bush. Do not come near. Put your shoes off your feet, for the place on which you stand is holy ground. So I took my shoes off, and I went and placed them at the altar. And I, I stood there for a little while, and then I picked up walking, I heard the Lord again say, Will you walk with me, or do you need more time? I pondered on that for a little while. I continued to walk, and then again, Will you walk with me, or do you need more time? I said, Lord, I thought I was walking with you all these years. What was I doing? Am I walking with you? You didn't say anything. I said, yes, Lord, I'm walking with you. And then he said again, like he had just ignored what I said. <laughs> Will you walk with me? Or do you need more time? I was bothered by that a little bit. But I remembered how Jesus said in John 21, 15 to 17, he addressed Peter and he said, do you love me? But Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. 
they said, feed my lambs. Then he said again, Peter, do you love me? But Peter looked and said, well, Lord, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep. And so then he said again, do you love me? And by that time, Peter was a little irritated. He said, well, I said it twice, Lord. What? You don't get it? <laughs> and then he began to think, like, well, what's, what's wrong? Why don't you understand? You've got greed. Because sometimes you say things to the Lord, or he asks you things. But be careful when he says things more than once. <laughs> He's obviously trying to get a point across. He knows the answer, but he always poses the question more than one time to get us to reflect on really what is he saying here? What is he wanting me to understand? In the case of Peter, he was restoring restoration to him. And so he said it again, will you walk with me or do you need more time? And as I'm saying that, it was prevalent to me at the time, but I hear the Lord saying that today to all of you. It's not that you're not walking with Him. I hope you understand that. It's not that you don't love Him. I hope you understand that. It's not that you are closed up to His Spirit. I hope you understand that. It's not that at all. But there is a call and there is a trumpet that He's sounding this morning to all of you here today, and he's saying the same thing. Precious brothers and sisters, he is saying that to you today. Will you walk with me, or do you need more time? At that moment, I began to ponder on the concept of what he meant by time. I said, well, Lord, I am walking with you. Why would I need more time? I began to see that there's a process that happens. Sometimes we don't like the process. Nevertheless, there's a process that happens. Just a couple of days ago, he began to show me why process is so important. And you know, I never thought about it quite like this because Jesus, didn't come in a full-blown state like we are today as an adult into this world to begin to do the works. He didn't do that. God didn't bring him in a full-grown adult state. He brought him as a child, as a baby, as a seed. But we're so used to, those of us that are mothers and fathers, which brings everybody here, we're so used to children being born and growing in their different cycles. And so, began to show me why process is so important to the Lord. And some of us, including myself, don't like the process. We've seen that we're always in the process. We want to get out of the process. Freedom, Lord. <laughs> but what the Lord showed me was that His process for us is so important that he delights in it like the potter on the wheel he delights in that process when we don't allow him to have his way in our lives we're actually robbing him of the joy of the process 
as a loving father wants to see us grow from one stage to another stage to another stage to another stage. And so the time is the process. It's the journey. It's the walk. And we all walk different paths at different times. Things happening to us at different occasions. In the book of 1 John, it talks about, just, let's go over there just so you can see, just an illustration. 1 John 2, 12 14. I'm writing to you, little children, because for his name, his name, sake, your sins are forgiven, pardoned through his name on the account of confessing his name. So he's addressing little children here. Then he says, I am writing to you, fathers, because you have come to know and recognize and be aware of and understand him who has existed from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, again, another stage, because you have been victorious over the wicked one. I write to you, boys, another stage, because you have come to know and recognize and be aware of the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have come to know and recognize and be acquainted and conscious of him from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and victorious. And the word of God always is abiding in your hearts, and you have been victorious over the wicked one. So, he was showing me with all of that, process, 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 process. There's basically four stages of maturity in the Lord. The first stage is what we call understanding him as the living God. Like in Romans, when... Bible talks about that he has made everything manifest that everybody will know that he is the Lord. The living God. Even unbelievers know that there is a living God out there. They may not believe that he is, but there is a living God. And then the next stage when we get saved, he then becomes Lord. We've allowed him to come into our life and he becomes Lord of our life. Then after salvation, as we trek on our journey, we get to know him as Lord God Almighty, the Almighty God, the one that rules and reigns within our hearts, the one that we answer to, the one that is everything to us and does everything for us. And then finally, the last stage is we address him and know him as Father, Father God. Stage whereby we are honored and we know we can address them as Father because we are sons and daughters of Almighty God. That's ultimately 
where he wants to take us to understand him as father. Because we can't call him father if we're not his sons or not his daughters. We have that intimate relationship with him whereby we can address him that way. And we can find solace in his heart. When we pray, when we're at that stage of father. We don't come necessarily to him with a bucket list of points, one through ten. I'm not saying that that's wrong because the Lord says we have to bring everything to him in prayer. He wants to know everything that's going on in our hearts. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we come to him as father and we can sit at his feet and we can be quiet. It's okay to be quiet. We can just say, Father, let me hear what's on your heart today. You know what's on my heart. You know every thought that I have. And I'll get to that later. But right now, Father, let me hear what's on your heart. Let me hear your voice today, Father. Let me hear what you want me to do today. Is there anybody that you want me to pray for? Is there anybody that I need to go visit? Do I need to go to the jails and see somebody over there and preach the gospel? What is it in your heart today, Father? I know you want to talk. God talks all the time. Sometimes we don't get quiet enough to listen to Him. Or the static in our receiving mechanisms. Father, what is it that you want me to do and to say? Where do you want me to go? And so, time and process is really, really important. Really, really important. In the Old Testament, go there to Deuteronomy 13.4, there's some ways that we walk with God. And I want to bring those ways to you so that you can understand and to see how that works a little bit. Deuteronomy 13.4. And this is so amazing because we're going to think of him as God the Father. And we're going to imagine that we as mothers and fathers, those of us that have children, have all done this. So here's what he says. You shall walk after the Lord your God and reverently fear him. That's a stage of walking with the Lord. Walking after him. He goes before we go after. Why? Beautiful. In the beginning, when a child is young, they don't have the trust the knowledge, the ability to know where they're going or what they're going to do. They're vulnerable, in a vulnerable state. And so God says, walk after me. Walk after me. So as a young child, we follow in the footsteps of our father. Then, we're going to look in Genesis 1.17. Or rather 17.1, I'm sorry. God says, 
to Abraham when he was old. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord Almighty God. Walk and live habitually before me. Another stage right there. That stage is now we have a little bit more confidence in walking with the Father. So that now we've been graduated. That we can walk before him. So we have a little bit more confidence. We're going to walk a little bit. And as a loving father, he's walking behind us to make sure that we're okay. He's got us covered. He's got our backs. Amen. In the New Testament, we're going to go over to Colossians 2, verse 6. What agreement is there between a temple of God and idols? And further down the verse, it says, God, even as God said, I will dwell in and with and among them, and I will walk in and with and amongst them. Wow. No, so he's walking in us, and now he's walking amongst us. The visions that we saw this morning of the river, that's part of the walking amongst us. He's walking amongst us. I know because I can see him today. His angels are here. He's walking amongst us. We have got to the point where we can now call him Father. Why? Because we are sons and daughters of him. We no longer live by harvest, which is the works. You know, we don't live by grace. Brother, we live by grace. We live now by inheritance. The Bible says that we have the whole estate. It's ours, and he has given us the title, deed. Everything we do, we should live inheritance-minded. Because everything that his blood purchased for us, has given us that right. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, he 
He, his blood raises up the standard against him. We have the title deed. And it cannot be taken away from us. You may decide to put it down. You may decide to forfeit your estate. But I don't believe that's where you are today. We all go through problems. We all have walks in the valley of the shadow of death. All of us. We've all encountered the dark night of the soul. But why would we ever give up our title deed? So, as I stood, looking at those shoes that day, he said again, will you walk with me? Do you need more time? I realized in that point, the last time he said it to me, was how big God really is. And that I needed to shift my focus to understand who really is. See, because this is a, an amazing, amazing book. It's his story, his great one big love story, and we're all part of it. But it has to be understood, embraced, walked in, applied, demonstrated by revelation. We've got to really understand who is it? Christ in us the hope of glory. He says, those that come to me must first believe that I am. Amen. And that I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Do we really believe who he is today? I know we say that. We read our Bibles. But it comes a challenge today. Do you really believe who he is? Because you know a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That man should not even think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Who is he to you today? Who is he to you today? Like Peter, he comes and says, And after the question, do you love him? What he poses each one, there comes an instruction. Do you love me? Question. Then do this. Feed my sheep. I want to challenge everyone today to, to understand and begin to really ponder in their own hearts. Who is God to you? Because whoever he is to you, he's in you. Small in you, then the small will be in you. If he's great in you, then great is he that's in you. Because you can't help it. What's in you is going to come out of you. So he says to you today, will you walk with me? Will you walk with me? 
So I looked at those shoes on the altar, and he said, if you're ready, if you're ready, let's put those shoes back on. Put those shoes back on. And you know, I looked at those shoes. I knew those shoes. How many of us were really acquainted with our lives, our pasts, our failures, our hang-ups, our weaknesses? We all know our shoes, right? We all know our shoes. He said, if you're ready, are you ready today? If you're ready, put those shoes back on your feet. And I went to the altar. And I looked at those shoes again. I took a long stare at those shoes. And I knew what he meant when he said, are you ready? Are you ready? I knew he had taken me from England, because that's originally, you can probably tell. <laughs> um, I knew he took me from England, and he said, I want you to leave your country, your father's house, and go to a land that I will show you. That land's the United States for me. I have Greek heritage, my father is Greek, my mother is Dutch, I grew up trilingual in England. I was always wondering, am I Greek and my Dutch? What am I? Until I met the Lord. I said, don't worry about that. <laughs> You're in my kingdom. And so he took me from my country back then, from my countries. And then he sent me here. And I remember when I came to the shores of America, I went to California first, I went to Bible college over there. And the very first scripture, as I was cowardly hiding behind a seat, was that when he said to Abraham to leave his country and his father's house and go to the land that God would show him. I cried, I cried, I cried. Because I knew in my spirit that I would never be going back to live with family and friends in the United Kingdom again. I just knew it. I was done. And sure enough, I've been there to minister, but never to live. I knew that was the end. And so I asked the Lord God, I know what you're asking. I can sense it in my spirit. You just want it all, don't you? <laughs> you just want it all. You're not satisfied until you have it all. And God has not asked this of me, but I'm just saying the principle of surrender requires that you give it all. I thought, God, if you, what are you calling me to do here? What are you asking and requiring of me? Do I need to give up my kids? Do I need to go to this country? Do I need to go here, there? I mean, we have so many questions. But like God says, you cannot live by answers. Those who ask a lot of questions, are good at that. He says, you can only live by faith. Come on. Because I got saved 
by an audible voice experience. I wasn't a Christian girl. I didn't grow up a Christian girl. At that time, my God was money and success back then. And I had a praying grandma who would come to London and she would sit and she would talk to me about Jesus. And I would listen. And I had no time in my schedule. Oh my gosh, so arrogant, terrible, I'm embarrassed. And she would witness to me about the Lord and talk to me about him. And I remember saying, Oma, that's grandma that touched, Oma, if God is real, then he'll just have to come down and talk to me himself. Then I'll believe it. <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't realize that two years after that, I had a visitation from the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God, who came into the living room of my parents' house when they were abroad. I was there with some girlfriends. You know, Jesus just walks through walls. He just does anything he wants. You know, he's not thinking about how he shows up. <laughs> so he just came he spoke to me with an audible voice and I was so shaken up out of nowhere the suddenness of God they just appear that's why they're the suddenness they just appear out of nowhere when you least expect it to show up it's going to come he's such a master at that and he I was so scared. I said, God, like Scotty in Star Trek, don't kill me, please. <laughs> and I went flying to the floor. And then he began to speak to me. I was shaking, absolutely shaking. But it changed my life. It changed my life. In an instant, it changed my life. It didn't take long. That's so amazing about the supernatural. One of my pet peeves, what I've heard a lot now in the body of Christ, is the casualness about the supernatural. I don't dig it. I don't like it at all. You can't just walk up to heaven and go sit and have tea with King David. Come on. It doesn't happen. That's right. That's delusion. Yeah. Come on. You can see angels and demons. I've seen them both. <laughs> That's a different story. But there's such a casualness. And there's so much fear about the true prophetic yeah. in the body of Christ. Because people out there are prophesying in different dimensions, calling things in from a different dimension into this dimension, in this millennium, in that millennium. And I don't even know. They're so confusing. They're saying things that are inaccurate. And it's causing everybody to be on edge. But see, let me simplify it this way. True prophecy is so simple. Amen. You know what it is? It's the testimony of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. That's it. It begins with him and ends with him. Yeah. He is the Alpha and the Omega, yeah. the beginning and the end. Yeah. He introduced himself to me like that. He said, I am. Again, the I am. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Testimony of Jesus should be in every single church all over the world at all times. Because if we didn't have Jesus, what are we talking about? 
I long for the days of great tent revivals to come back. That we're preaching Jesus. Messages about his blood. Having his presence come back into our meetings so thick that we can't even stand. Because his presence is so thick. That's what he longs for. And I pray all the time that that reverential fear of the Lord will return back. That we will once again understand who he is. We don't serve a God that really we totally get and understand he's so incredible, so amazing, so mighty. Think about it. He lives in you. Today, he's walking amongst you right now. Right now, right now, everyone. And so he said, will you walk with me? God's desires are so passionate about us. He loves us so much. So much. My brothers and sisters. So much. He gave his life. I know we just say it nonchalantly. Don't truly understand what that means. There's no greater love than that which one lays his life down. So I stood looking at those shoes and I knew he was saying, okay, you ready? At that point in time, did you make a difference? It wasn't about time. It was about decision. And so he said, okay, let's go. When God says, let's go, he goes. <laughs> and he goes quick. Sometimes we can't catch up. Woo. But anyway, so I said, yes, Lord, I am ready. After having a time of bawling my eyes out, knowing the price, and the cost, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, you probably already know, we reiterate the importance that there is a price. Many are called, but few don't choose it. And so I said, okay. So I went and I put the shoes back on my feet. So amazing because what he was doing is when I took them off, he took something off of me. took something off of me. Like the old wineskin. Take it, Lord. I don't want it. I don't want it. And when I put those shoes back on my feet, I just stepped into something. I stepped into, it wasn't a season. It was a dimension. I feel the Lord saying that for all of you today, corporately. Individually, he wants to take you into a new 
dimension. It's not spooky. It's not weird. It's not flaky. It's about surrender. Surrender. That new dimension is going to require that you give it all. I don't know what is holding you guys back. Whatever it is, we all know what's in our hearts. I knew what was in mine. But I made a decision. It's not that hard. Whatever we give to the Lord, He's so tender with it. When we give Him our hearts, He says, a broken spirit will not condemn, He will not completely crush those that are broken. Close to the brokenhearted. He's tender with the things that we give him. Every tear is recorded and collected in a bottle. Release everything that needs to be released into the hand of a loving Father. Trust him because he will do good by you. Remember. Are you ready? This is not, I'm not talking about seasons. I'm talking about a different dimension of faith, a different place in the spirit, a different walk, a powerful, powerful realm that we access through our surrender and obedience. It's there. You've got to get there. 
You've got to get there. It's the greater works. It is the greater works. brothers and sisters, I'm going to cut off right now at this point because I want to ask and make what I feel the Lord is saying to all of you. Those who want to walk with him in that dimension. Who want the greater works. like to come forward as a demonstration of yes Lord I want that I'm ready to walk with you now I'm going to surrender everything I'm hungry Father I'm hungry for that I'm hungry for the greater work I'm hungry for your spirit I'm not satisfied Lord I'm not satisfied Lord anymore with where I've been. I know there's more. I gotta have it. Revivals are made of people that are desperate. How desperate are you today? Because he's here. How desperate is the cry in your spirit? Like a deer panted after water. So after the Lord. Jesus, thank you. I'll just let all of you come up and line up.
works, the greater works, I'm going to stop 